You're tuning in to the Be Fiercely You podcast, the podcast where women find their power and confidence by slaying doubt, creating a foundation of self-love, and by tapping into their inner fierce. I am your host, Heather Nicole, and I'm here to help you become the fierce queen you are meant to be. Together, we will conquer your fears, let go of others' judgment, and unlock your inner badass. So who's with me? Are you ready to take your life into your own hands and discover the possibilities that await you? Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to the Be Fiercely You podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. I had a chance to sit down with Dolores June, um, someone that I met through Instagram. Uh, her and I instantly clicked with our stories um, and the passions that we have and the, our life's mission and you know what we're doing. Um, Dolores has, has struggled with her mental health and in this episode we are both talking about our stories and the struggles that we face and how we've overcome them we want to make mental health something that is easier to talk about because we both recognize the stigma that is attached to it so we went deep in this episode guys it is so so good Um, So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and flip it over to the interview. Um, Check it out. I hope you guys enjoy. And here we go. All right, Dolores, I am so excited that we have the opportunity to sit down and talk with each other. Yes, me too. I know we're going to have a lot to talk about, so... We should probably jump right in because <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a lot. Right. I'm excited about it. So we yes. really want to talk about mental health today and how it affects us. And we both have different stories, but also kind of similar stories. And, you know, it's it, the things that happen in our lives and how mental health affects us like can be very different, but is also very similar. So that's what we are hoping to illustrate for everybody today. Um, and, you know, this episode is very special because it's going to be going on both of our podcasts. Um, so make sure that you check us both out and all the things, follow us on Instagram and all those cool stuff. So Dolores, yes. what do you want to start with? Um. <laughs> uh... Let's start with our, I think starting at the beginning would be probably more of where we should start of like how we have dealt with what we've dealt with and maybe the story behind why that happened. Like just our background story of pretty much why we deal with our mental illnesses we deal with today. Sounds good to me. Do you want to go first? Uh, Sure. I, let's start with, I was in a six-year relationship with somebody who was emotionally abusive. And at that time, I don't think I realized what I was going through. And it was one of those relationships where I was like, no, I love him so much and I can change him. And like, nothing's wrong. And it got to the point where it was always my fault for everything. And I was always like thinking to myself, I have to do something to make myself better. And I have to, you know, I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. Like there was always something I felt I needed to work on. And then there was one of those days that it just was like a light bulb clicked. And I was like, what am I doing? This is, this is not like, I told myself, this is not somebody I'm going to marry. And that was the big red flag. I'm like, then what am I doing? You know? So I left that relationship and I moved back in with my parents. And about a year later, I met the man that I'm in a relationship with now, who is my fiance. And I didn't realize within the first few years that I was dealing with depression and almost like PTSD of like, when is the other shoe going to drop? Like, when Mm -hmm. is he going to say things negative towards me or badger me or 
when is he going to, you know, uh, cheat on me? Like, what is it that he's going to do? Because it just felt too perfect. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like Mm -hmm. everything was lining up too well. And then I obviously started having depression. And at the moment I didn't realize I had it. And there were days I would come home and I would cry and I just didn't understand what I was going through. And that he was the one that was like, I think you have depression because he had gone through and it through it before in the past and was able to work through it. And he's like, I think you just like, you need to let it all out because I'm definitely the type of person who I keep it in and mm-hmm. I would keep it in for too long. And then I would explode. And mm-hmm. it was one of those things where he's like, Whoa, what is happening? Like, I don't understand because I would just let all the emotions snowball. And then I was like, here's this bomb and now it's exploding and you're going to get every emotion you've ever not wanted before. (laughs) And over time, I was able to like open up to him more and feel more comfortable. And of course, obviously he's my fiance. So I chose him to, you know, trust and let into my like deepest, darkest areas that like I was in just by myself. Mm-hmm. And I realized opening up about it was really helpful to overcome that and to feel the feels. Like, I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, you don't want to feel the feelings. You just want to tuck them away. And that's easy at the beginning. But the more you do it, the tougher it's going to be to open up to somebody and then open up to anybody and get them all out. Mm-hmm. Or you're just going to feel everything at one time. And the person you're with or your friends or your family is going to be like, whoa, like, what, where is this coming from? I don't understand. So I've been working probably the last like eight years, uh, just coping mechanisms with my depression and all that. And then within the last two years, realizing that I had anxiety and realizing like how that plays with my depression and how those can stack up on some days. And it's just, it's been a journey And Mm -hmm. I've had two moments in my life that I can actually think about that I wanted to take my life. Uh, The first one was with my ex. Um, It just got to the point where like, I, it it was enough and I didn't know any other way to get out of it. And then the second time was with my fiance that I'm with now where I was just like, I, it just was all the feelings were way too much. And I'm like, this just isn't worth it. Uh, The first time I talked myself out of it, I thought about my family and just like everybody. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I just need to keep pushing. And the second time was because of my fiance, like just telling me like, I know you're feeling it, feel the feels and just keep going because it's so much worth it. And Mm -hmm. I got to say, like, I'm happy that I decided to keep going. And -hmm. it's sad to think about sometimes, but I'm here and I am happy I'm here. And I'm I just happy keep fighting. Too. <laughs> I just keep fighting every single day. Yeah, yeah, you got to people. I think, I think a lot of people underestimate the fact that this type of journey, dealing with mental health, is a lifelong journey. You know, there are aspects of it that I don't believe we can fully heal. I think we can learn coping mechanisms. Um, you know, and learn how to work through them. And, you know, it almost feels healed, but there are always going to be little pieces of us that are going to pop up from here to there. And I think accepting it, um, you know, having those tools in your back pocket and allowing yourself to go through it or something, you know, it's really important takeaways from what you just said, because it is an ongoing journey. And, you know, I think a lot of people give up because they think they're not doing it right, quote unquote, right. Absolutely. Um, But there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, I mean, it's hard. It's hard as shit. (laughs) It's really, really hard. And my, my background is kind of similar. um, Whereas, you know, I was in a a mentally, physically abusive marriage, um, you know, a verbally abusive, financially abusive, like abusive in every way. Um, And we were married for, we were together for 10 years. We were married for eight. Um, 
And then we split up and I was, I was single for, it, it was like five months. I think it was, I was single. And then I jumped right into another relationship and I was with him for two years and we ended up getting engaged. And it wasn't until I truly left that relationship that I realized how much shit I had underneath the surface. Yeah. You know, and when I left my ex-husband, I had, that's when I really started this journey and it really opened my eyes to a lot of the things that I was dealing with. Um, and I started dealing with them, but then I covered it all back up with just another relationship. Um, yeah. you know, and I was dealing a lot with codependency and anxiety and, <clears throat> you know, feeling not good enough and all those kinds of things. And I just kind of got into this relationship as a band-aid to kind of fix it, you know, because I felt as though I needed to be in a relationship to prove that I was good enough. Right. And, um, you know, it wasn't until the end of that relationship where my mental health really started to take a dive. I also faced suicidal thoughts um, at the end of that relate the one with my ex-fiance and that really is what catapulted me into a much deeper healing journey um, that I'm on now. But yeah, and the, the- I think that like a lot of times when like maybe people like me and you, we go through like I've done that too, where like I've always wanted somebody there. I've always mm-hmm. had to have like a partner and I don't know what it is that like when you go through something, you like jump into another relationship like when I left my ex I was single for a year and I still don't think that was enough time for me to like really be by myself and when I jumped into my new relationship like there was a lot of baggage there and I Mm -hmm. think when you try to like like you said band-aid that situation it's like you don't have enough time to figure out like who you are and what you need and like even in my relationship like there was a part of our relationship where it's like, we're together, but I need to figure out who I am. Like I need to figure out like how I can deal with stuff myself without having somebody else there to like cover it up or protect me or care for me. Like I have to do that myself. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, Mm -hmm. that they need to figure it out themselves. And like, you need to fight your own battles. And if you can't fight your own battles, like having somebody else fight them isn't going to be productive because they're not going to know how to do that for you. Exactly. Exactly. And the fact that your fiance now is kind of giving you that space to where you guys are together, but you're also on your own journey along the way. Like that's a huge green flag of such a healthy relationship. Um, And I can really relate to that because I'm in a new relationship now. And this is the the healthiest relationship I've ever been in in my entire life. And like you were saying before, it's like, when are things going to like, like, when are we going to argue? When are you going to like get mad at me? When are like, you know, and he's just like amazing. He's so amazing. Like we've been together for six months. We haven't fought. Like he's just so sweet. Like I'm like, these kind of guys exist. Like yeah, that's, so- this is like a relationship. Like this is real. This is how relationships work. Like what? Like my mind was like blown, you know? I don't and know how many like- moments. I don't know how many moments I had where like I would do something and I would wait for the trigger from him. And then he would look at me and be like, what? And I'm like, I would explain it to him. Like, you're not going to react this way. He's like, no, why would I ever act that way? Or like, why would I say something like that to him? Like, what like and then there was a point where I was like what's wrong with me that I think this is normal and like now that it's not normal it's like now you have to reshift your brain to say okay like all the stuff and all the relationships I was in that wasn't normal like a guy doesn't treat you like that or talk to you like that like it was insane yeah and I think you really just kind of nailed it too you said you got to like shift your brain and that's really what it is because when you're in those kinds of toxic relationships you're like on a scientific level, like you're rewiring your brain to learn new things. Like you're learning these new beliefs that this toxic person is putting in you. You know, you're learning these reactions as defense mechanisms to things that they're doing and you're rewiring your brain chemistry. So when you start down this journey of healing, 
you know, you got to be gentle with yourself because you literally have to rewire your brain again. And it's hard, you know, it's not, you can't just snap your fingers and wake up the next morning and it all be okay. You know, and that's where the depression, the anxiety, you know, the not feeling worthy enough waiting that, that just feeling where you're just waiting for something bad to happen, even though it might never come, you know, that's where all those kinds of things just fester is, you know, once we go down that road. So go ahead. Um, I also, cause you have a daughter and you, when we talked before, you talked about how, how that was when like, she comes up with stuff, because I think when you're going through a journey, but then you have kids involved, you don't like your kids see everything. They witness mm-hmm. everything you go through. They see your feelings. And I think a lot of times they pick up on that and then Absolutely. they kind of start mimicking what you're doing. And with you having a daughter, I'm wondering like, with you teaching yourself, you're also teaching her. And I wonder how that is for you. That this, the journey of being this girl's mother has been a crazy one for me because I had her when I was 19 um, and her biological father and I have never been together. My ex-husband was not her biological dad. Um, but me and him started dating like two months after she was born. Um, so for those first 10 years of her life, that was the relationship that she saw was this extremely toxic, abusive relationship. Um, and granted, you know, she was much younger, so I'm sure she doesn't remember a lot of it, but I know towards the end there where things started getting bad between us and she was older, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, she was picking up on things. She was definitely picking up on things and it was affecting her, you know, we, cause we would get into these screaming matches and I'm sure the neighbors could hear every damn word. So if she's in her room, you know, she knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I, can't imagine being, you know, a little child like that and listening to your parents argue. And I know there are kids out there that deal with it every day, but it finally hit me one day. And I was like, you know, I am raising this, this little girl and I don't want her to think that this is okay. I don't want her to be in a relationship like this. Um, and I think that that was a big motivator for me to get out of that situation. Um, And now, I mean, she's 15, she's in high school, you know, she's dealing with her own hormones and changes (laughs) and, you know, just kind of finding herself, you know, discovering her own personality, discovering her style, you know, going through all these things, starting to date. Um, And I really put a lot of energy into making sure that that relationship that I have with her is strong and open. You know, she knows that she can talk to me whenever she wants. Um, I've had very candid conversations with her about, about relationships and how, you know, don't you let a boy talk to you this way, you know, don't let him treat you this way. Um, you know, and I, I try to give her advice as best I could. And I actually have a lot of friends that are kind of, I think, skeptical of my, um, parenting techniques. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't hold back with her. You know, I look back to the 19 year old me that had her and I was so freaking naive. Like I had no idea of the world around me and I do not want that. I don't, don't want that for her. Cause I think that that being that naive is kind of what led me into that toxic relationship because there were red flags in the beginning of that relationship that should have sent me fleeing, but I was so young and dumb that I didn't know. You know, and I don't want her in that same situation. So I'm very open and candid with her. You know, I, she knows a lot. Um, and I think that it has made for a very mature girl. You know, she's very smart. I trust her. I know that she makes good choices. Um, you know, I know she hangs out with the people that are going to be good you know, good people to a good crowd to yeah. hang out with, you know, she's not getting into trouble and stuff. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm just 
thought out open with her and like, look, there are people that are out there that are going to screw you over. They're going to lie to you. They're going to treat you badly, you know, and you got to look out for those people. Um, you know, my parents never said that to me. My parents were all like flowers and rainbows, like everybody loves everybody, and, you, know, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's all good. And I'm like, the world does not function that way. That is not reality. Yeah. Um, so I really try hard to stay real with her and, you know, be there for her and all that. But that's definitely been a wild journey. Um, being a parent, especially as young as I am, because a lot of her friends' parents are all so much older than me. Um, you know, we definitely have a unique relationship. We're we're very close. She's definitely like one of my best friends, which I love to be able to say. Um, but I I know I wouldn't be the parent I am today if I hadn't been on this journey that I've been through in my relationships, which is crazy yeah. to say that it's had that big of an impact, but it really does have a huge, huge impact on how you parent. Oh yeah, definitely. I had thoughts of that, like. Cause we're, uh, we're getting married this September. And then after that, we're, we're going to have kids. And I like, that's one of the thoughts I have. I'm like, I can't like let my depression or my anxiety like show, or I can't let my past traumas become something that like happens to my kids. Like I want, you want to protect them from the world. But like, once they get to a certain age, you're like, can give them tips and these tricks and stuff, but they kind of have to do it themselves. And like, mm -hmm. when you go through stuff, like we have, you know, those red flags and you're like, okay, how do I protect you? So you're not in a relationship or in a friendship that is toxic to you. And how can I teach you, you know, how to look for those things. So you don't go through what I went through. And like, of course, like you can only protect them as so much as you can. Right. Um, and there's going to be situations that you can't protect them from. But I think for a lot of parents, like you, you try and for you, you and your daughter are so close, but there are a lot of parents that aren't close with their kids and their kids don't tell them everything and they're very distant. And then when they try to ask things, their kids snap on them and they're like, okay, whoa, I'm just not going to ask. So to have a relationship like you do with your daughter, I think is very important since a mm -hmm. lot of people don't have that with their kids and their kids don't tell them everything. Oh yeah. I, I know that uh, there are, uh, she has a few friends that come over and I can tell by the way that they talk that they don't have those relationships with their parents, you know? Um, and even, you know, I, I've even told a few of her like very close friends, you know, that, you know, they can, if they need somebody to talk to, you know, if they need an adult to talk to, you know, I'll be there for them. Um, I think that there are a lot of adults out there that haven't taken the time to learn the coping mechanisms that you and I have, yeah. and they don't know how to deal with their kids' problems because they really don't know how to deal with their own problems. Absolutely. You know, they don't even know how to recognize some things, um, which I brings me into self-awareness and how freaking important that is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think enough or there aren't enough adults that really practice self-awareness um, and try to figure out what's actually going on with them and why they're kind of showing up the way they are in their life. Um, and that's going to trickle down to your kids. Absolutely. But, and it's our responsibility. You know, I, I can't just walk up to you and be like, Hey, guess what? You have depression. Like, no, yeah. like you got to figure that, that shit out on your own. You know, you got to be yeah. willing and sit back and take the time or, you know, have somebody loving or close to you. Like you did say, Hey, I think you should kind of look at this in this way. You might have depression. You might have anxiety, but again, it was still up to you to kind of sit back yes. and be like, yeah, I think I do, you know? Yes. And then you again, have to take that responsibility to go down the appropriate steps. Um, and if you're not willing to do that for yourself, it's really, really, really hard to do it for your kids. Yeah, I put a post out that like I was scared to put out, but it was something that like I knew some people needed to hear and it's hard to hear, but like you are the person that has to take care of yourself. And when you are dealing with a mental health illness, like you're the only one that can confront whatever you're confronting, whatever darkness is there and like work on it every single day. Like 
your friends and your family members can only do so much. Mm-hmm. I think your doctors can only do so much. A therapist can only do so much. Like they can sit there and talk to you into their black and blue about how life is worth it and you need to keep going and you just need to do this, this, and this to like make your life better. But like if you don't do that yourself, if you don't decide to take those steps, then you're just going to keep like sitting where you're sitting in that dark place until you've had enough. And that's why I think it's sad when you think about it, that a lot of people have gotten to that point and they take their own life because they haven't figured out the tools to like get themselves out of it. And they think to themselves, well, my family didn't care enough or my doctor didn't care enough. My therapist didn't care enough. Like these people care about you, but they can only care so much for you you have to do the work yourself. And like you said, that was something that me, I did. I think you did. It's like, we got to that point where we realized I don't want to sit where I'm sitting anymore. And it's either I find ways to take care of myself. I find ways to cope. I find ways to live every single day, or I decide that it's not worth it. And I don't want to be on this planet. Like there's two options. And of course, the option to take your own life is not an option. Anybody should feel like they've gotten to that point where that's where they are because that's terrifying because we've both been there and that's sad. Mm-hmm. So you have to do it yourself. You have to work on yourself. You have to keep moving every single day, no matter how hard it is to keep doing that. And I think for parents too, like if you haven't gone through something like that or you're not dealing with it, it's important to watch your kids. Because mm-hmm. your kids could be having signs of things that you need to pick up on because if you, you don't pick up on it and you don't try to help them understand what's going on and maybe help them find a doctor or a therapist so then they can start working on it, then a lot of kids turn out the way they do because the parents just like didn't get the signals or they just didn't have enough information to say, okay, you're upset, you're crying all the time, and then you didn't go to somebody and say like, look, this is what's happening. I don't understand. Help me understand. I think if a lot more people that didn't understand decided to understand what other people were going through, it would make it a lot easier for them to relate to people and to help people and to connect with them. Because I just think a lot of people just don't know. And a lot of people don't know how to cope with it and they don't know what to do. So they just kind of, you know, okay, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to let you do whatever you need to do. And I'm going to sit back. And unfortunately it gets to the point where it's too late. And then I think a lot of people feel guilty when they mm-hmm. lose somebody and they're like, I just, I, I guess I didn't see it. Or I, I guess I didn't do enough. And it's like, I don't think people should blame themselves um, when they go through that, but deep down, you'll never understand what that person was fighting with. You'll never understand what they were going through because they didn't either share that with you or they hit it so well you didn't recognize it. And that person just chose that like they didn't want to keep fighting for themselves. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people should keep fighting. The days aren't going to be easy. The days aren't going, there's going to be really hard days where you want to curl up in a ball and you don't want to get out of bed. And you know what? Curl up in that ball, cry your eyes out, get it all out, talk to somebody and then keep moving on because your life is so worth it. And you just need to know that you, you can do it every day, no matter how your day starts. Yeah, you are so, so, so right. You know, and every day I, a lot of times I've told myself every day is a new day. Like, you know, I have another chance tomorrow. It's okay that today's a bad day. You know, I just got to keep moving, got to keep moving. You know, we're humans. The, the, the bad shit is inevitable. There's no avoiding it. Um, I watched this documentary on Netflix, um, called, uh, Stutz. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's with Jonah Hill and it is so good. Um, but he does like a documentary on his therapist and, you know, Jonah Hill has been in therapy for a while. So he opens up, he's been, he's very vulnerable on there. Um, but one of the things that the therapist, so the point is that the therapist is kind of talking about his teachings and stuff and Jonah Hill in an effort to help people with their mental health, you know, he wants to open up these techniques to more people than currently have access to this information. So 
one of the things that the therapist said that really, really stuck with me is that there are three things in life that every person has to face. We can't get around it. And you have to have acceptance around these three things. And that's pain, uncertainty, and constant work. You know, so you are going to have pain, whether that's emotional pain or physical pain, you're a human being, there's, it's unavoidable, you're going to have some pain in your life, uncertainty, we all have uncertainty every single day, we have no idea what's going to happen in the next five minutes, five hours, five days, and constant work, whether that's working on yourself, working a job, you know, doing house chores, raising your kids, like there's always work to be done. So looking at it that way, I think even though I've been on this healing journey for so long and I, I consider myself somebody that's really come a long way, it was amazing to me just the things that unlocked for me when I heard that. And I just, I've talked about it so many times because I think so many people need to hear that because I, I think a lot of us think that, you know, we see these people on social media or, you know, these actors that are living these, these fabulous lives and stuff. We don't see the pain that they're enduring. We don't see yep. the the uncertainty. You know, we don't see, I mean, yeah, we might see the constant work, but you know, that pain, I think people really underestimate the fact that we all deal with that, yeah. you know, and a lot of us feel so freaking alone. And I think that is what makes it hard for people to open up because unfortunately we live in a society where it is people are just so quick to put other people down when, you know, they're, they have these negative emotions, you know, like, Oh, suck it up. You'll be fine. Or, you know, why being a baby or, you know, all those kinds of things. And it makes it hard for people to want to open up, you know, and then they find themselves spiraling. um, And that's when, you know, the thoughts of taking your own life come into play. So I think that this, this whole acceptance around the fact that, you know, you're always going to have some pain, you're always going to have uncertainty. Um, And also, we really need to practice being there for each other more, and kind of giving each other that space to express ourselves and speak our emotions and letting each other know that it's okay, if you're having a bad day, if you're sad. Um, you know, what happens and sharing our experiences too. you know, telling the people yes. that are close to us, you know, if we see them having a bad day, be like, you know what, my day yesterday was terrible. I stayed in bed all morning. I cried my eyes out. Like I get where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, if we're able to be vulnerable and kind of share that with each other, the world would be such a better place. I think. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And to, like you said, it's a journey. Like, you don't deal with depression and then work on it in a month and then never deal with it again. Like, I think people want this quick fix. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. dealing with this. How do I fix it? So I don't deal with it anymore. Like I don't want to feel the emotions that I'm feeling. I don't want to go through the pain. I don't want to go through the trauma. I don't want to relive it. How do I fix it? And that's not how that works. No. You are on this journey from when it happens, probably up until the day you die. It is something you're working on every single day. And it's just part of your journey. For some people, yeah, they go through something and then they don't deal with it anymore. But there are a lot of us who deal with it every single day. And Mm -hmm. you have to feel the emotions. You just need to let yourself go through it. And you need to work on it every day. Like it's not something that's just going to magically be over and you're never going to deal with it again. And I, I think a lot of people just need to realize that, that when you go through it, you go through it and you let yourself feel it. And then you figure it out every morning when you pick your head off the pillow, you're like, okay, today's another day to figure out how I'm going to do what I need to do to keep going. Yeah. So what have been, let's, I, let's switch gears a little bit too, before we run out of time. What are kind of the, what are some of the things, like, do you have like a daily routine that you do to kind of keep yourself on track or, you know, what are some of those coping mechanisms that you kind of pull out of your back pocket when you need them? Uh, Not every day is the same. So obviously there's some days I wake up and I'm fine. And then there's other days when I wake up and I know my depression's there and I'm like, okay, great, here we go. And most every single day I get up, I tell myself that it's going to be a good day. Even if my mind is somewhere else, I work out because working out has just become a daily habit to help me like 
release my stress and not think about everything. Mm -hmm. And then one of the biggest things I do is I every month have a post-it note on my mirror to look at and it's different quotes. I change it every month to kind of go with how I'm feeling. And I look at it and I remind myself like the last month was healing is a process. So Mm -hmm. every time I looked at it, I would say, you know, healing is a process. Right now I have one that's affirmations and I say those affirmations to myself when I'm getting ready to remind myself like that's how that's my truth and that's the way I'm living. And then throughout the day, if I have these negative thoughts and stuff, I go back to my affirmations. I tell myself, okay, let yourself feel those, but this is not your truth. Your truth is is this and you can keep going. And my fiance has been a lot of help because when I wake up in those moods, he instantly knows and he'll say, okay, what what's wrong? Or I'll tell him, hey, I woke up and I am not feeling good and feeling off. And like, he's like, okay, let's talk through that. Let's figure out why you're feeling the way you feel. And actually, I started reading that book um, that you told me to read, Eat, Pray, FML. Yes. I like while reading this book, I have thought to myself so many times, like, wow, she has gone through so much. Like I'm almost at the end. I'm just like, holy crap. But then I think to myself too, the way she breaks it down with a thought onion, I'm like, Oh my God, I love those. If you could do that yourself, that would be like, Mm -hmm. holy crap. Like, okay, let's first say, why am I feeling this way? Okay. I'm feeling this way. And like, just the way she breaks it down. I'm like, if people could read that book, Mm-hmm. And then do what she's doing. A lot of stuff would make sense because just to like sit and let break me, down the emotions. Yeah. So let me just kind of fill in for those of you that are like, what are you talking about? So <laughs> it's this book called Eat, Pray, FML. It's by Gabrielle Stone. If you don't know her, go follow her on TikTok and oh, Instagram. Yes. Get her book. She is amazing. She is like my spirit animal. Um, I actually have an interview with her on my podcast. Um And she is so awesome, but she has been through so much um, in toxic relationships. And um, in her first book, what Dolores is referring to is she has this tool called a thought onion. Um, And basically her premise is, you know, the emotions that we have, you know, they're layers, you know, you have to peel back the layers to understand them. And you know, you look at the first layer of, okay, well, I might be reacting this way on the surface layer, you know, I might be getting angry, but then you got to take it a step deeper and say, okay, well, where is this anger coming from? And then kind of talk yourself through that and then go even a step deeper. Once you get to that and be like, okay, am I really angry for this reason? Or is there something else from my past that might be triggering these emotions? And it's really a great, great tool to understand yourself. Um, And I talk about this a lot on my podcast or excuse me, on my Instagram and stuff. I post on my stories a lot of like awareness check-ins and it's kind of a similar thing, like just checking in with yourself saying, how am I feeling? What's going on? Why am I feeling this way? Like asking yourself the right questions can open up so many doors, so many doors and like make you understand things that you never knew were there before. Like that has been like one of my biggest tools is doing those thought onions, you know, checking in with myself, asking myself the hard questions and really getting deep in there. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I had to fill that in because I think it's so great. And I, everybody's definitely got to read her books. They're so good. (laughs) And it's really funny because like before I read her book, I was actually like, I feel like I was doing that, but not at like a thought onion, maybe like to me, I wasn't thinking of it that way, but I actually started thinking to myself when emotions would come up, like, why am I feeling this emotion? Where did it come from? Did someone say something to me? Did like seeing something trigger it like on Instagram or on Facebook? Like, what is it that triggered it? And then I'm like, okay, like, how is it something from my past? Is it something from now? And then how do I deal with it? And it was funny that like, after reading like the first few chapters and then seeing her do it, I'm like, holy crap. 
like, I think I've started doing this for myself, but the way she puts it in perspective, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, this is a tool that I think so many people could like benefit from just to Absolutely. like, when something comes up, you're like, holy crap. Okay. Like let's, let's do, let's open this onion of why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling and get to the bottom of it. Cause like a lot of things that when she does it and she gets to the final thing, she's just like, holy crap. And I'm thinking like to myself, like, how many times have I done that to myself? I'm like, okay, why is this emotion happening? And then you get to the bottom and you're like, wow, like that's why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And then you tell yourself, how do I not feel that way? Or if that comes up again, how do I deal with it in a different way? And it's just like, wow. And I'm like, I, at first when I read the book, when I started reading, I was like, eh, I don't know if I'll like this. And then each chapter and each chapter, I'm just like, holy crap, I needed this in my life. <clears throat> It is so good. It is so good. And she has a second book. It's called The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. And, you know, if if you like the first one, you'll love the second one, too. It just continues with her story. But, yeah, it's definitely something worth checking out. But this goes back to, like we were saying towards the beginning, like, you know, you're actually rewiring your brain. You know, you got to change how you think about things. Um, you know, and this is a great, great tool to do that, you know, in any form, whether you do thought onions, or even if you're just journaling or talking to a friend, but like doing something to kind of peel back those layers and get deeper, you know, that deeper understanding, that deeper awareness is what's going to really push you into healing and finding the coping mechanisms that work for you. Cause everybody's different everybody's different. Like Dolores is saying, you know, she does the, the, your stickies on the mirrors. I have a whiteboard in my room and, you know, I have a bunch of affirmations on there right now. And every few weeks I change them depending on what's going on with me. You know, sometimes I'll change the whole board and I'll write goals up there or, you know, my daily intentions or whatever, you know, just for whatever it is that I need at that time, that's what I write up on that board. So whatever that looks like for you, try it. You know, there's so many different ways out there that you can do these things. Um, but, you know, I think affirming yourself, you know, like you said, getting up in the morning, going and doing um, a workout, you know, moving your body. These are all things that can make a huge, huge difference if you allow them. And if you, yeah. <clears throat> if you put yourself into the process, hundred percent. And I think for a lot of people journaling, like, I don't know why it's like intimidating, but like, there are many times where I have been sitting in a feeling for so long and I just take out my journal and I write exactly how I'm feeling. And sometimes too, when you start journaling that you're, you start like thinking about it more and then you're able to think through it. And there's many times where like, I've gone back in my journal and I've read stuff from like a year like mm-hmm. last year around the same time. And I'm like, look how much I've grown over this time. Like, look where I was and look where I am today. And I just think if a lot, like, I don't know why journaling is intimidating or when like you say you journal, I, people are like, oh, you journal. Like, you're like, no, I never like, understood that either. People yeah. give me shit all the time. Or like, when I'm like, I got to do my affirmations, I got to do my journaling. They're like, oh, why are you doing that? I'm like, <laughs> Because it's changed my entire life. What yes. do you mean? Like, that's why. <laughs> it's another way just to like, if you don't feel comfortable talking to somebody, put it mm-hmm. on paper, let it all out. Even if you're crying while you're journaling and mm-hmm. you're like wiping your face and like there's snot on your journal, like no matter yeah. what, like get it out because you're going to look back on that and be like, holy crap, look where I was and look where I am today and look how much I've like practiced and mm-hmm. like done things for myself. And it's like one of those things that are like, yeah, a lot of people just like eh, journaling. Oh, you're going to journal. Like for real, you don't know how much this has like changed my life. Right. Like just try it. Like why not just try it? You know? And like you said, like going back, one of my favorite things to do is to go back and look at my journals and kind of read through them and see where I was six months, a year ago, two years ago or whatever. Cause I've been journaling for a long time. So I have a ton of freaking journals, you know, and I'll just go pick one and just kind of scroll, you know, like flip through to a certain page and just kind of read a few and be like, Oh yeah. Like I remember how, how tough of a time I had during this. And now look at me, you know, yeah. and it's really a way to kind of 
remind yourself of how far you've come. Um, and I think it changes your outlook. I think a lot of us, I know I've been there before where I'm like, I'm doing all these things. I'm journaling every day. You know, I don't feel like I'm getting any better. And then I go back and look and I'm like, oh crap. Like I've made huge strides. Like what am I yes. thinking? You know, and it makes you feel so good about the work that you're doing. And it motivates you to keep going, right? To keep yes. doing it. Like this is working. This is working. You know, I can do this. But I actually, um, I was flipping through my journal from like a year ago. This was a, like a couple of weeks ago. I went through and was flipping back, doing what we're talking about right now. Just kind of like going back and looking at what was going on. And it was around the time that me and my ex fiance broke up. And I was like, I need a man that does like, this is the kind of partner that I want. And I like listed off all these things. Yes. Like over half the things on this list, my new boyfriend does. <laughs> I was like, I totally manifested you like, yes. you know, so like even stuff like that, you know, when you're like, I brought this into my life, you know, you yes. realize how powerful you are and how much power your thoughts have and your words have, you know, that's something I talk a lot about is how powerful your words are. And you often don't realize it until you take the time to journal and affor do affirmations and then go back and reflect on it. I mean, if you feel like writing is too hard, I know so many people who talk into their phone as like voice notes, or a lot of people will set up like a camera or the camera on their phone and they just talk to themselves. And that's also a way instead yeah. of like journaling on paper, it's like a personal video journal where you can just talk it all out and cry it all out. And then save it somewhere so then you can go back and look at it and be like, wow, like that's where I was. And this is like, you don't have to sit it with a piece of paper. You can yeah. also do it with like a friend or a family member. Just like, I'm just going to spit it all out. And I'm just yeah. going to have you sit there and listen to me. I don't want your thoughts. I don't want your comments. I don't want anything from you. I just want to get it all out. And mm -hmm. you just sit there and smile at me and nod your head or do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Yep. So basically what we're saying is there are no excuses. Yes. Okay. There are so many different ways to do this. So, you know, you got to find what works for you. You, know, you got to try different things, you know, and for all those skeptics out there that think journaling sucks, like I dare you to try it for 30 days or, you Absolutely. know, try one of these other things, you know, do the voice memos or record yourself video or just talk to somebody, you know, just try it. You know, yes. you're, you're, would you rather stay in the same place that you are now or would you rather try something in yes. hopes that it could do something new for you, you know, because it might spark a new idea like, oh, you know, this didn't quite work. But what if I do it this way, yes. you know, because everybody's different. Everybody's different. And there are so many different ways that you can cope and deal with your issues. You just got to find what works for you. So you said you do affirmations and journaling. Is there any other things you do to help you cope every day? So yeah, those are my two big, big ones. You know, if I don't do my affirmations or my journaling every day, like I feel it, like I feel it in yeah. my bones, <laughs> you know, but um, I also have a, a workout routine, um, you know, and work out almost every day. You know, I'm not going to lie and say I go to the gym every day, but I definitely <laughs> get do my best to get do workouts as much as I can. Um, also, a big thing for me is like when I wake up in the morning, I have to get out of bed and change my clothes. It doesn't matter if mm -hmm. I put on a, a hoodie and a different pair of like sweatpants or yoga pants than what I slept in. I just have to change my clothes and like brush yeah. my hair, even if I just put on a little mascara, like something, because if I allow myself to stay in bed, I will start to wallow and I'll stay yeah. there and I'll be unmotivated and I'll just find myself just like, just getting depressed, you know, I'll feel yeah. all the emotions. So I really got to get myself moving. Um, and that's the way that I do it. It's just like, all right, you got to get up. You got to change your clothes. Um, you know, I go downstairs, force myself sometimes to make breakfast, even if I'm not hungry, um, just so that I'm doing something and moving my body, because that really, really helps. If I allow myself to stay in bed for like more than 15 minutes, like my whole day is gone. My whole day is gone. Yeah. Um, 
And then another tool that I use, I used to do this every single day. Um, and I've kind of backed off from it just honestly, just because of time in my schedule right now, although that's a terrible, terrible excuse. Um, but meditation <laughs> has been a huge, huge thing for me. Um, you know, I've always, why do I feel them. like that's another one people are intimidated by too, they like really sitting are. with themselves. They're like, how do you just sit with yourself or like in silence or listen to music? And you're like, like it's, it's. Have you tried it? <laughs> yeah. Like we live in a world right now where people feel as though like they have to be distracted at all times. You know, like we're either looking yep. at our phone, you have the TV on, um, you know, you could just be doing nothing, but you have that TV on in the back. Like you always have something stimulating your brain Absolutely. and people don't realize how big of an effect that has, you know? Yes. So for you to turn off electronics, turn off your TV, turn off music unless it's like meditation music or whatever that you're using um and to just sit with your thoughts people this is the thing that I get from people when I tell them I meditate they're like oh what are you like a buddha or something I'm like are you kidding me like could you like could you be any more stereotypical no like you don't have to sit there with your legs crossed you know with perfect posture on the ground you know and sit there for hours in silence like it doesn't have to be that you can just lay in your bed with your eyes closed with a timer set for 10 minutes and just be with your thoughts. You know, you can set up music and sit like a lot of times I'll come and sit in my office chair because I love this chair and it's super comfortable. I have a window right here in front of me. I have candles here on my desk and my crystals and stuff. So I'll light my candles. I'll sit here Indian style in my chair and just, you know, think. You know, it doesn't have to be this, again, stereotypical vision that we have of meditation. It's really the process of just quieting your mind, you know, and being with your thoughts, being with your feelings and allowing yourself to feel, allowing yourself to have those thoughts and emotions and not judging yourself for whatever comes up for you. Um, that tool alone has not only helped me in my healing process, like with um, just like working through like my self-worth issues and codependency and stuff like that, because it can be a huge tool for those things. Um, but it's helped me with my anxiety a lot because it has taught me how to quiet my mind when I'm in situations like my anxiety really flares up in like social situations like where I'm forced to like talk to people I don't know like I love talking I could talk all freaking day like that's not a problem but if you put me in a room with a bunch of people I don't know I will be so freaking awkward you'll be like is this the same girl that was like just talking for two hours on her podcast about her sex life like and she can't even like have a normal conversation with people you know like it's you know whatever But those tools that I've gained from meditation help me so much because I'm able now to be in those rooms and I can just sit there, take a few deep breaths, you know, center myself and calm myself down. You know, I might not automatically start opening up to people, but my heart's not beating out of my chest. I'm not shaking anymore. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. sitting in fear because I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, you know, I can at least get out and talk and start to warm myself up. So I think meditation has so many benefits. I don't, I, I, I don't get why people are so skeptical about it and have such a negative connotation with it because it's been so freaking helpful for me. You know, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many different forms of meditation. So if you're interested in meditation, just research it you know I honestly went on Pinterest and typed in meditation and I went into this wormhole and you know I found so many different resources and so many different techniques and you know we all have this this wonderful thing at the tip of our fingers technology you can look up anything you want in the world okay so if you people were just more willing to open their minds and look at things from different perspectives and realize there's not just one way to do things they'd be surprised but 
yeah, meditation has just been huge, huge, huge for me, for sure. Yeah, it's something that like I I at first tried, but it like didn't seem to work for me. And I was like, okay, that just doesn't work. And then journaling worked. And I was like, this, this is for me. So you have to try things to see if they're going to work. Like if sitting in a chair in your room, is it going to work? Go outside and go for a walk just mm-hmm. by yourself and listen to nature. And that's another way to just meditate. Like Absolutely. you're not talking to somebody, you're not listening to anything. You're just out in the world, seeing what you're seeing. And that's another way just to like get centered with yourself or other people do breath work. When something comes up, they're like, okay, I'm going to breathe in for five seconds, hold it and then breathe out for another five seconds. And it's just another way to connect with yourself. So you need to find what works for you. Because I've said this so many times, like, I can talk to somebody and be like this, this and this and this and this works for me, like you should do this. And if you do it, and it doesn't work, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means you have to find what works for you. Because nobody's the same. And everybody has different ways of coping with things or dealing with things. And you just need to figure out what works for you and apply that to your life every day. Exactly, exactly. You know, and like she said, you know, a lot of people are going to give you tips for what works for them and what they do. You got to take a little bit, you know, that's what I did when I first started. I'm like, oh, you know, a little bit of what this person does, a little bit of what that person does. You know, that sounds interesting to me. Let me try that. Um, and it's just a huge trial and error process. Um, yes. And then you'll get down to a routine that works for you. And, you know, sooner or later, you'll realize that you are in control and, you will, it'll be a lot easier on those hard days. They'll just become a little bit easier for you to kind of work through, even though they're still going to show up. Yes, absolutely. (sighs) Well, I think we're running out of time, but this was an awesome (laughs) conversation. There are so, there are so many freaking golden nuggets in there that, you know, I hope everyone listening was able to pull from, um, I'm going to put all of Dolores's contact information down in the show notes on my episode. I'm going to send her all my stuff so she can do the same. Um, yes. it was so, so good chatting with you. I'm so happy that we yes. got to do this. And before we leave is there's always one question I ask, um, that I'm determined to ask every interview is if there was one thing that you can share with somebody who's struggling right now to help them get through what they're getting through or just something that helps you? Like what's one thing you would tell somebody? Uh, like a piece of advice? Yeah. Like, um, Ooh, so many things are coming to mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the fact I would say to them that they need to remember that despite everything in their life that might seem out of control and uncertain that they are really the ones in control. You know, you choose your thoughts, you choose your actions. Um, and even though it might seem like you are out of control, if you focus and remind yourself that you are in control, your emotions do not control you, that you are able, you know, you will be able to center yourself you will be able to give yourself the the opportunity to change that thought process, even if it's just for 30 seconds, you know, because that 30 seconds is going to build up to a minute. It's going to build up to an hour. It's going to build up to 24 hours. And sooner or later, you are going to be able to find yourself putting yourself in control of your life rather than allowing your emotions to control you. So just remember, you are in control. You're badass. You're goddess. You could do all it. <laughs> Dang, that's so good. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> and do you, before we leave, do you want to let people know where they can find you and what your podcast name is and everything? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called Be Fiercely You Podcast. Um, I am on TikTok and Instagram, most of the time, both of them are at the Heather underscore Nicole. Um, So yeah, I hang out in both those places. So come say hi. And Dolores, how about you? 
Uh, you can find me. I am on mostly Instagram or YouTube. On YouTube, you can find me under Dolores June and all my stuff is there or on Instagram. It was at DQ93, but I'm trying to change it to match my YouTube. So I think eventually it'll be Dolores June, but I'm pretty sure if you put Dolores June or Dolores, I will show up some way, somehow. And my podcast is Mindful Thoughts. And again, both of us will put all this information in the show notes. So if you're like, crap, I didn't remember any of that. It's okay. There's going to be a way to click in the show notes and see everything you need to see to connect with us. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I look forward to staying connected with you too. Oh, you know, absolutely. you guys never know. Maybe we'll do another episode, another podcast episode for you guys sometime. <laughs> oh yeah. This was so, this was so good. Like you said, I feel like there, there was so much we talked about and we covered so much and this is going to be a very like impactful information filled episode for anybody who listens to it because we dropped like nuggets everywhere for people to be able to use every day absolutely yeah this is going to be one you gotta listen to twice absolutely yeah (laughs) you'll be taking notes (laughs) yeah yeah all right (laughs) all right well thank you so much thank you so much all right All right, there you have it. Um, I just love Dolores and her vulnerability um, and, you know, just her perspective on everything. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Again, all the info um, is down in the show notes for how you can follow both of us on social media, check out our stories, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you next time. Love ya!